Saw Straight Talk Show. How we doing, good people? I'm back. You know, a little under the weather. Or should I say, gotta leave Taco Bell alone. Gotta leave Taco Bell alone. But um, I'm hanging in there. I gotta put this episode out. This is the, you know, talking about what's popping in football, the NFL, week five. You know what I'm saying? We're coming up on that. So we're gonna talk about what went down week four. Um, we got the MLB playoffs is getting real hot. The last time I was on Talking Sports, we talked about that a little bit. And now it's got interesting to the point to where, hey, the Yankees did what they're supposed to do. And we got a battle going down in the NL because the Houston Astros on the AL side let the Tampa Rays win last night, 4-1. to one. So now we got a lot of 2-2 battles going on, but the NL is getting hot. The Dodgers, Nationals, Braves, Cardinals, it's going down. But can the Rays do the unthinkable and beat the Astros and then meet the Yankees in the ALCS? But we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what went down in the film. Plus, we got little side stuff to talk about. I want to address some things, some things I've been talking about on the Facebook, some things I've been talking about on Instagram and Snapchat, things like that. I mean, I want to talk about Richard Sherman. I want to talk about his clown ass. I want to talk about, oh my lord, Baker Mayfield. I want to talk about that guy too. Because even though he got lied on, he ain't off the hook. I want to talk about the Cleveland Browns in general. So, I mean, like, this thing's going to be talked about and then it's all going to lead up to the NBA. And talking about the preseason, how this got kicked off, James Hart shooting the one-foot shot. We got LeBron James and Anthony Davis coming out there wrecking shit. And then we got Ben Simmons made his first three. And you would have thought people went crazy in freaking Beirut. And it was people in Tibet sitting there going, holy shit, he made a three. Ben Simmons. Made to, makes a three in the preseason. You thought they won the NBA Finals. It was one of the funniest things we've seen because there was a meme video out of him. You know how people have been making these things on Facebook and stuff. And there was a time where he made a three. I think it was like a pregame. He made a three in pregame. And when he made a three, the, 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 the meme cut to a whole bunch of like epic moments where crowds was going crazy and stuff like that, man. So it was that type of reaction when Ben Simmons hit the three. So got a lot to talk about today. And we're going to start off with baseball. Because we're going to start off with something that, you know, that's getting real hot. Took a long season. You know, baseball, even MLB players sit there and say this baseball is boring. But I'm pretty sure that he don't think it's that boring. You're playing in the MLB. You're making millions of dollars to hit the ball. And he hits home runs. So I would say this much. Baseball always has its thing. You go see games. You, you do this. You sit there and be like, all right, go to the ballpark. People like to watch TV sometimes. You know, you can flip channels, watch second inning, come back, be like, oh, okay, sixth inning. Baseball is nothing to be talked about like football, basketball, you know, weekly storylines and this happens and this Twitter is. Baseball is pastime. It's baseball is something where you're like, hey, man, like, we'll see a couple at bats or you've been following the team. You can literally follow a season while looking at a newspaper or looking at scores and stuff throughout the season and not every day. So, I mean, I don't look at it as where it's like, oh, baseball's trash or something like that. It's just like, hey, it's something that we don't have to, I don't know. It's something that we don't have to sit there and just, just grind in every day and talk about. We'll just be boring at that point. It's something that would be great. You talk about great players and stuff like that. We know the players, Mike Trout, got um, 
Oh, Altuve. Now you got Aaron Judge. Now you're getting people like Glaber Torres is starting to make a new name for himself. Justin Turner, Bellinger, Jock Peterson. I mean, like, there's names. Uh, Acuna Jr. I mean, you got Freddie Freeman. You got you got Max Serger. You got... Uh, 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 now you got Rendon. Now you got people like that. Now you're getting people like uh, 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 Paul Goldschmidt, who is like a, a bigger version of Ted fucking Williams. I mean, you got guys that, well, he's kind of like a better Troy Gloss, like a first baseman with a purpose. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt, he's probably one of the best first basemans I've seen since Albert Pujols. Since, yeah, I mean, and, and I don't say Mark McGuire, I mean, but, you know what I'm saying, like, he played for the Cardinals, but it's just like, it's crazy. Like, he is really a complete player, and I and I really love his game. Um, But I'm going to take it back to where, you know what I'm saying, with the Braves and Cardinals, where Braves... Looked like they had this thing in hand, um, and they lost game one, and then they go crazy, and you're like, okay, this is a chance for the Braves to not choke it to the NLCS, possibly against the Dodgers, because they're up 2-1-2, and then, you know, so they both win big, they go up 2-1, got the Dodgers winning 2-10-4 against the Nationals, and you got the Braves winning 3-1, but the thing is, In playoff baseball, it, it's, it, it slows down so much to where, just like in playoff basketball, each possession is crazy. So each at-bat is so crucial to where, yeah, I, I guarantee to where, say, in the regular season, a pitcher is like, if they go throw a wild pitcher, they get off on a bad rhythm, start walking guys and stuff like that, it's easier to shake off. In the playoffs, you miss a pitch, you miss a location, it gets you in your head, and the next thing you know, you getting yanked early, and you know in these games where sometimes you might get you might get a little cranked, and then you know saying that the the dominoes fall. Well, in this instance where you have the Braves, though they was it, it was one of the or ordeals where you say, okay, this game's just gonna keep on going and going and going. It's gonna keep going, but can you get a hit? Robert Okunia was in, was on third base. You got two outs. I mean, they got one out. He's on third. All you need is a hit. You need one hit, and you're moving on. Where Dodgers have to play another game because they lost 6-1. to one. Tampa Rays was down 0-2, and they've won two games in a row. But back to Atlanta. Acuna on third. Here comes Marquecas. Oh, it was Marquecas. It was Marquecas. It was um, Freddie Freeman. Then it was Marquecas. No, you can't get one hit, guys. I mean, come on. So once Cardinals bring in that crazy closer, which his name is, um, Lord of mercy, I forget his name. like Rodriguez. That guy is special. And I'm going to talk about some special players that is on... The Cardinals, as you know, saying well, say the pitching, but it's like you you got guys like Fowler's end up being a good player, but Wong, Ozuna, of course you know Matt Carpenter, but Dijon, Eatman. I mean, they are such a they they are they are a good uh, group of players, but Martinez, Martinez is that dude. And when he comes in for that save, 
it, I mean, like, it is what it is, man. Like, <laughs> when he comes in, it's over. But in this situation, he came in to just stop a win from happening. Like, stop an elimination. He came in there and got it done. I mean, like, that's, I mean, that's, that's how he's supposed to do it right there. I mean, this baseball playoff is turning up. That's all I'm saying. It's worth a watch. And so, if you, if you flip the channels, hey, you can watch, like, just like the BET Hip Hop Awards on last night. You've been watching that and then flipping back and watching some of the game. I mean, you don't have to be totally attentive on that. And um, the Cardinals, you know what I'm saying, comes up and gets the hit and gets the win. Wins four to five, five to four. Um, Paul Goldschmidt, like I said, he's the man. And you know, what I'm saying like you have, you have, you have a team to where they can sit there and hit back to back home runs. Like, like, like you got guys that can sit there and come up, boom, come up, boom. Um, which Atlanta has that too. Albies, um, hit a nice home run. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the, you know what I'm saying? He hit, he hit a mean one. I mean, I'm talking about he smoked one. Um, you know, Acuna's capable. It's a good series, man. It's a real good series. And I just, like, I really dig, um, I really dig how that plays. And, um, and you have, I say, one of the best. I mean, like, he's, he's like, like this player that I'm about to talk about here, he's been in the league for what? Ah, man, I, I, since I was, like, since, since I was, like, watching baseball as a kid, and they're just saying, like, man, like, there's always a Molina, and there's always a Molina that's probably not the best player, but he's just there, he's just dependable. Gaudier Molina, the best catcher in my life. That I've seen, like, and that's something where, like, people are like, what? What you mean? The more dependable, don't have to be the superstar. He's better than Jorge Posada. And I'm a Yankee fan. He's better than Jorge Posada. He went better than Mike Piazza. But it just, to me, I feel like Mike Piazza was, like, your guy to, to be, like, a catcher, to be a home run hitter. You don't you don't see that too often. So, I mean, he stands out. But Yadier Molina is the Hall of Famer to me. 37 years old, been in the league for a long time. And just always dependable. He gets to hit the sacrifice, you know what I'm saying, hit to get the run in to win the game. But Yadier Molina, man, like I said, man, he's just been so clutch or just been just there. He's my favorite catcher of all time, Yadier Molina. Not Jorge Posada, not Mike Piazza, not Ivan Rodriguez. Yadier Molina is my favorite catcher. That dude is just just there. He's just dependable. He's just there. He's like, he's like uh, Agent Beltre. The third baseman, same way, just there. Not the best, whatever, could just do the right things, got a good arm, can field, can hit a base hit. That's what Molina does at the catcher position because if you try to steal him, he's going to get you. He can hit a clutch hit. He does the smart things. And this this game, five, for all of these games, it's going to be so epic, man. I can't wait. October 8th, we got Rays. Astros 4-1, like I said, hip-hop was going on. You could have been watching it. You could have been sitting there checking this out. The Rays get it done. Um, now we up to tonight. Cardinals, Braves, 5 o'clock. 
That's, that's about three more hours, guys. Then we got 8 o'clock. Washington Nationals versus the Dodgers. These are elimination games. Win or go home. So I expect people to be tuned in to these games. Like I said, not fully. You can turn to the... There's other stuff. Probably preseason basketball might be going on or something. I don't know. It's Wednesday. People out there watching Wu-Tang or Hulu, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But baseball is, is getting live, man. Ken Acuna and crew beat this Cardinals team with Paul Goldschmidt and them. Ken, whoever is bringing the... Oh, man. who who? Matter of fact, this is what I want to know. Who is going to stop Steven Strasburg tonight? Because... They ain't got Clayton Kershaw out there. It's Walker Bueller. Now, Bueller is a hell of a pitcher. But, uh, I think Steven Strasburg got a good chance to come out big in this because all in the mind, you're this big name guy, had your trials and tribulations in baseball, injuries and whatnot. But here we are in an elimination game to where you can sit there and make the Dodgers choke again. If the Dodgers choke again, I mean, they have choked in every facet. They've choked in the first round. They've choked in the NLCS. They've choked in the World Series. But damn, not the, NL, not the NLCS again. You know what I'm saying? I mean, DS again. Not the NLDS again. They got to win this game. That lineup with Belly and with Peterson, like I said, I named them on Justin Turner. All those guys, they, they shouldn't lose this game. There's no way. There's no way. But like I said, the Nationals are no play thing. And and looking at uh, Bryce Harper sitting there like, damn, like this team really made it to the freaking playoffs. And, and one more game away going to the NL fucking CS, man. Woo! That's crazy. That is cray, 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 as they would say. And it's going down tonight. And then tomorrow, the Rays and Astros, 7 o'clock. Elimination game. Just three elimination games in two days. On baseball. So, it's America's pastime. It's the old diamond. You know, take me out to the ballpark. Go and watch these games tonight and tomorrow. You will not be disappointed. Then we should be able to kick it right back. With the Yankees. And whoever wins this Astros and Rays game. I mean, the Yankees, I'm pretty sure they probably want to deal with the Rays, but the Rays are getting hot. They're in a division. They play the Yankees a lot. Now, the Yankees has done well. <laughs> but I would, you know what I'm saying, I would want to get, get back on the Astros. I mean, we won our series, and... Red Sox lost theirs to the Astros, and then we went up against them. And, I mean, they beat the living hell out of the Yankees, man. I mean, there was nothing they could do. And now with this team, we got a lot of You got a lot of talent, a lot of power. But I think it's more importantly, it's a big-time chemistry boost with this season, how everything came together. We got Didi Gregorius, you know what I'm saying? Like, everything was playing right, even with injuries. You know, John Carlos Stanton taking his time, Luis Severino, and what he did against the Twins, bases loaded, no outs, gets three of them. Gone. One, two, three. That's Luis Severino, man. That's beautiful. He was hurt all season. John Carlos Stanton, Aaron Judge hurt a little bit too. 
D.D. Gregorius, hurt. George Sanchez, hurt. I mean, Gary Sanchez, hurt. And we all coming back together. We all getting there. And everything's going. Claybrew, hurt. Only person I miss is Miguel and Duhar, which he might not be on this boat next season. But I really hoped he would have played because he was a hell of a player. Young, too. But when you get guys that can just come in and play, Jeremiah, and now we got, you know, guys that come in and, and just, you know, DJ LeMayhew, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's a hell of a baseball player. Just real happy with this uh, campaign that the Yankees put together, and hopefully it turns into a World Series. We need that back. We need it back, man. It's been since 2009, baby. I got the jersey right over here. CC Sebastian, which he might actually get the chance to be in the bullpen for this series up against the Astros or the Rays. So I'm hoping, I got my fingers crossed for that. Just at least let him be in uniform, put the jacket on, and let him sit down in the bullpen. If you get his name called to come in there, might have a funky um, reaction to a couple left-handed batters, man. Put him in. If it's like, if we, we're going against, hopefully against a team that might bring up a lot of left-handed batters. Let CC in the on the in the bullpen to see if he won't turn up in the in the biggest part of something he waits for. 162 games, you're gonna be 38 you know, some years old and be playing in the regular season. Justin Verlander gonna find out that you ain't gonna be doing that. This is the time you want to be playing. Straight up. Um, but we're gonna keep the show moving. I'm gonna talk about some other things now. Because we already got this. I, I didn't put so much energy that. I hope some people don't even like baseball be pumped up for that. And that's why I brought it up on the first order of business. Now, week five. And like I said, I made a little typo as far as my words. Talking about week five. And then we're going to talk about some week six matchups. I said week five, week four. But anyway. Week five. NFL. Everybody had their Sunday tickets or however you viewed your games. If you sit there, had the standard Fox and CBS and had to sit there and watch, you know, in my area, you got to watch the damn Steelers, the Bengals, or somebody like that. You know, very rarely you get those other games, but when you got the Sunday tickets, you got them all. And um, I want to talk about the Atlanta Falcons and the Houston Texans, number one. Hopefully a dear friend out there don't get too offended, but what I'm going to say is the Falcons suck. Um, I don't know what's going on with them, and I'm being just blunt on just saying that they can turn it around, but I don't get what happened after that Super Bowl that they choked on. They have not been the same. They have not been the same, and I want to point out something that I was, my, my head almost exploded, because I was sitting there saying, like, they digressed, and they have not been the same, and the turnover ain't been too crazy. I mean, Cal Shanahan left. They lost a couple players here and there, but they got to gain some. I mean... Poe and, uh, you know, people getting better, Grady Jarrett, and, you know, you lose one player, you can bring in KZ, KZ's doing good, but Count O'Neill keeps getting hurt, that's a bad thing, I mean, but all this different stuff, you know, you, you know, you lose pool, um, but you still got true fun, I mean, you still got a good team, you still got Vic Beasley in your team, you still got people that you can sit there and say, Julio Stinkin' Jones, Sanu Ridley, Freeman, now you got that. You could use that. Uh, was it Smith, the backup running back? Everybody kept on saying that he wouldn't get no carries because Coleman was there. Just talent on the team. But what happened? Is it Dan Quinn? What is it? Because here's the thing that I heard from Colin Cowherd, somebody I listen to on from time to time basis, man. The Atlanta Falcons 
have been under 500 since they lost the Super Bowl. And guess who was calling the plays? Cal Shanahan. When that man left the Atlanta Falcons, they went and got Steve Sarkeesian. Bad. Next year, bad. This year, bad. They have been under 500 since Cal Shanahan left. Matt Ryan has not been good since Cal Shanahan left. He won the MVP. They went to the Super Bowl. Wow. 53 to 32. In this game, really, they shouldn't have scored 32 points, but the Texans, you know, hey, we put up 40, 50 some points. I mean, you get a little lax from defense. That's going to happen. Look at the Packers and Cowboys, which we talk about later. But Deshaun Watson, man, he is starting to really starting to get a good understanding of the pocket. And Laramie Tunzel is starting to block. And the trade is starting to work out. Will Fuller is a freaking nature. The man had 14 catches for fucking 200. Listen, Will Fuller, beneficiary just like how Devontae Smith was in Alabama, who went crazy. Went crazy. He had 14 catches for 217, three touchdowns. Hawkins had seven catches, 88 yards. Wow, man. That's all I'm going to say, man. It's just wow. Will Fuller, man, who's been unhealthy, has been the same, you know what I'm saying, since he came in and out of college. He's been fast and doing all that, get hurt. Fast, all that, get hurt. So now we see him healthy. Hopefully he can be healthy all season. Will Fuller is the guy that's, like, got four, 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 three. Like, he's fast. Like, if he can go a full season without just getting hurt in his legs, like if he you know, hurt an arm or something, hit her elbow, he, he's always hurting his legs is what I'm saying. So now we have a season where this man can sit there and just be, Deshaun Watson, like, holy shit, we just found a whole nother guy right here. And they knew he, what he was capable of. It's like he's a better Kenny Steele. They look just alike, which is funny. But I'm going to talk about some stats with the Falcons real quick. Matt Ryan, 32-46. Last game, had 50 passes. The game before that, he had 50 passes. Something needs to change. He's got sacked two times this game. I think he got sacked five times last game. I want to say. Three or four, I think it was five. 11 rushes, Freeman, 30 yards. Five rushes, Smith, 19 yards. I mean, if you give Freeman what? A few more carries, have a better possession. Defense got to show up, too. Because that changes how you want to pass or start. Stop running. But really, five catches, 88 yards. Julio Jones, three catches, 42 yards. There's just not enough line protection going on. There's no running game, so you can't run the ball because the line is inept. Then you put Matt Ryan in a bad situation where he has to sit there and try to make plays with guys beating him down his neck, and he's not Kyler Murray, he's not Cam Newton, he's not Aaron Rodgers to get out of the way. Because Matt Ryan can move a little bit, get a little longer in the tooth, so his, his speed is not... That type to where it's like he's dumbing down. And he's getting rushed. And he's getting hit. And the game is different. And it's 53 to 32, man. That's just a crazy score. So now we'll keep it moving. Cardinals finally get a W. Lincoln Riley can sit there and look and be like, man, it could be me in two more years. I can come in the NFL and everybody. Because, look, he has a better winning record than Cliff Kingsbury and runs a crazy offense, stuff like that. But Cliff Kingsbury gets the W in Cincinnati. His guy that he trusts to Calum Murray makes the play to get the game-winning field goal in there. That's all beautiful. 
The game looked like Cincinnati was going to win this one. Then, of course, Arizona like, hey, no, no, no. Kyler Murray looked a lot better. Um, he knew he knows how to get down. Um, he knows how to not take the big hit. 20-32-253. No touchdowns, but just make the small plays. Smart plays. 10 rushes, 93 yards. He ran a 24-yard run. Like I said, it was beautiful. Johnson now can sit there and breathe and run a little better. He had 91 yards and 17 carries. Um, Calamari had less carries and more yards than than, than uh, Mr. Johnson. Man, look here, man. I'm telling you, something needs to happen. And it needs to be that Cleve Kingsbury needs to sit there and let some play. Like, he, like the beat far as the future of the season. They need to let him not say design run, but give him confidence. Say, hey, man, get out of there. And, hey, you know how to slide. Get down there. That's going to create more wins. Him having 90-plus yards, 80 yards, 70 yards. If he gets 70 yards per game rushing, then he's put the defense on edge to where he can say, okay, now we're going to give you some David Johnson. Okay, now we can go to Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald. It can be real beneficial because let's think of week one. Fourth quarter magic. Let a team like that get hot. Whoa. Saints, Buccaneers. Buccaneers struggled defensively. I am pleased on how James Winston is playing after the, 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 the tragedy of the, what, three, four interceptions in the, in the loss. We come back. We get a victory. A nice victory against the Rams. Now we got to play against the Saints, which he threw a pick six, a pick six against the Rams. Late in the game, it sucked, but he still is playing good football. And I'm liking how Chris Godwin is coming along. It's making it so much better for Mike Evans because he can now make plays in the end of the games. He's now you got to worry about Chris Godwin. Cameron break. Brashad Perriman, come on, buddy. Come on. It's like, come on. OJ Howard, I need you. You catching foul balls over there in Tampa, Ray's area. Catch the goddamn passes over there in the NFL, please. I appreciate it. Ooh, excuse me. Like I said, man, Taco Bell. Leave it alone, people. Leave it alone. Minnesota Vikings Giants. 28-10. Kirk Cousins. Plays against an easy team. You can win. Man went to the playoffs with the Washington Redskins. He went to the playoffs beating... Under teams under 500. That's his, that's his trademark. That's his trademark. That's his trademark. Excuse me, I went too fast. We'll go back to the Saints real quick. One thing I want to point out with the Saints is that it's almost kind of like Novocaine. You take, give it time and it works. It's almost kind of like people forgot that Teddy Bridgewater was a franchise-type guy. He was drafted in the first round. He started first. He took over the team of the Vikings. They went to the playoffs. He went to the Pro Bowl. That was, that was Teddy Bridgewater. He hurt his knee, and then you know everybody thought he was just going to be a bum. He comes back, and he moves around, and now he's with the Saints, and he don't want to leave because he knows, I'm the best backup in the NFL. He is. Who can you name as better as coming off the bench who's who's now playing? The Steelers wish they had him. I tell you that. I bet the Jets wish they had him for two, three games, and he was supposed to go there. He turned it down. He was supposed to go to Miami. Turned it down. He stayed there, and he looked good. He finally threw a pass down the field. He finally, he's finally getting a, a rhythm with Mike Thomas at 11 catches. You know, Alvin Kamara does his thing because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can't tackle all the way yet, man. We we did such a great job of tackling the game before against the Rams. And we come up against the Saints and we act like we forgot. 
Like, they just played each other. They just played each other, man. Like, like they 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 tackled well. They they got down the Saints players good. good. Why can't we do the same thing to the team that we just beat? Well, we get the Saints again. We get to try it again. The Buccaneers going to get to try again. But in this game right here, this was a step up game. We could have been. I'm talking more as a fan than as a guy on on a sports show. But you see how frustrating it can be when you have a team. Which I know a lot of you guys out there will be sitting there going like, wow, we just needed one stop. Because now we'll talk about the Cowboys and the Packers. Because the game was not even watchable. The game wasn't even watchable. At no point where I was sitting there going like, hmm, man, like, yeah. Uh, man, I'm going to turn back to the Cowboys game. It wasn't until second half came and Dak woke up. And, you know, I'm going to throw a shout out to Aaron Jones. He's, he's playing some good football. But... Momentum plays a big part in the game to where you have to understand that people, I mean, like, if you drop a ball and it causes a turnover, that does a whole lot to a team. Accurate, inaccurate, whatever, the the, the argument of this or this, making Dak Prescott, that every pass got to be accurate, knowing that not every quarterback, even top quarterbacks, don't accurate passes all the time and it's catchable. Drew Brees, I've seen it. Mike Thomas catching a pass behind him. I mean, like, I don't get to where you got to sit there and shit on Dak Prescott so much that you will sit there and try to be like, Amari Cooper ain't his fault. And that man after the game sit there and say, man, I should not have dropped that. He shouldn't have. It wasn't that far behind him to reach back one hand or nothing like that. Catch the ball, son. It changed the whole game. Zeke Elliott, it changed it for him. They come down and score, they feeling good, and they going to load a box. I'm like, you ain't running on us. Pass. Then the then then your mind gets to start panicking and everything's like, oh, oh my God. You see what what happens. It breaks down and everything does. And then the second half comes and the Packers gets content. And then what happens? You leave space. You playing off 15, five, I mean, five, 10, five uh, yards. Then you make a plays. Then that gets a rhythm. All of what happened was was one missed PI call because I'm keeping it neutral. Don't really care who wins or not. But when you sit there and you call and you don't you you call pass interference, I've seen pass interference this season called. And I'm like, wow. Then you see people challenging for pass interference and never get them overturned. But then you look at this play right here and it's like, man, can a man run his route? If that would have been a Tony, if that would have been a a profile, I think a high profile wide receiver, a pass interference. If it was the Hopkins, Jones, someone with, the, with you know. A referee with the eyes on them. They would have called that. I just don't think the ref was looking at Gallup running that route and looking at that whole scenario. I just don't see, I think they just totally missed it. So at the point to where you got a coach that just uses all the challenges, can't challenge it. But they were not watching that sequence, that 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 mugging that could have changed the game. Could have scored 24-31. But that's never over because look at the Saints and the Buccaneers. Buccaneers are coming back. They needed one stop. Alvin Kamara helped them out. Kept, 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 kept getting first downs. Teddy Bridgewater making smart plays. Hitting Mike Thomas. Then boom, they score. Then it's game over. They kicked the field goal. They got a field goal. Same thing as like the Packers. And you look, look at the scores. Same type of game happened with joining those guys. 
I just look at it like, don't shit on the Cowboys to a point to where y'all acting like they're the Browns or the Jets. Only thing is that, like me, like I was like, are they still red hot? They lost two in a row, okay. But are they still red hot? No, they're not. But they're still good. They'll play the Jets. They're going to win that game. They'll be 4-2. and two. My thing is that when I made my joke about the Cowboys, like, are they still red hot? People were acting like, oh, my God, like, we're going to put up 30 again. Like, we're going we're gonna to beat the shit out of the Packers. But I forget that you got to you gotta think. You just lost. You didn't come off a big win. <laughs> so, I mean, you just lost. You didn't come off a big win. Let's remember that. So you thought people thought, oh, we should get one off and we come back and we come back hard against the Packers. No, you lost to the Saints. So you can lose to the Packers. I just think people lost sight of that on the Dallas Cowboys side of things. Now you get a wake-up call. Um, Bills, Titans, 14-7. That was uh, poo-poo. You know, uh, Ravens, Steelers went well um, with the overtime. Only thing that didn't went well, prayers go to Mason Rudolph. That was a crazy hit. He went out. In comes Hodges. Hodges. Still end up making it where the game goes to overtime. But the Ravens get it done. Lamar Jackson has to see that the AFC North ain't no plaything. And, you know, he, he can stop on a dime and make cuts and jukes and stuff like that. It's fun to watch him make just one juke. He gets tackled right after some of these plays. But when he jukes somebody or makes a move and stuff like that, it's so graceful. Crazy. Mark Ingram was enjoying the environment and everything like that. Marquise Brown made a big catch, you know what I'm saying, for his, tall, his small frame. Made a hell of a catch in that game. Um, Eagles, Jets, 31-6. The Eagles, walk it to them. It's still playing good football. And out there in the crowd, you got Jets fans and Eagles fans. That's not a good mixture. And I saw some hands going out there. Somebody's getting knocked out. Some kids throwing popcorn on people. I mean, like, the, the, the Jets and the Eagles fan bases meshing together. That's like if the Eagles and Bills get together. Oh, my God. But um, Eagles are turning around. They're looking real good. They're taking advantage of playing some teams that they can beat, like the Jets, getting some guys healthy. Um, now you're hearing trade rumors, you know what I'm saying? There was Jalen Ramsey. Now we in A.J. Green land. So, I mean, like, now it's Odell Beckham. I mean, like, it's like, oh, my God, the Eagles trying to get everybody. They're trying to get everybody. I even heard of trying to get Melvin Gordon because they tried. What is the Eagles doing? Play your football. You got Carson Wentz out there. You got freaking uh, uh, players that ain't even fully developed yet playing good football. I mean, like, just get... Just get to playing your game, man. Y'all trying to add an all-star team. Look at the Browns. But they don't got Carson Wentz. That's the only difference. Um, Patriots, Redskins. Patriots didn't look the same. Redskins took the lead early. Jay Gruden's in trouble. Everything's going well for the Redskins until the Patriots happen. And what I mean by that is that people stop giving a damn about trying to beat the Patriots on the Redskins team because I think the coach, I think the culture and I think the attitude and everything is kind of sapped. You got some players that that's been in the playoffs who's trying to win. Josh Norman, people like that. Um, that's that's like, whoa, what the hell's going on? And um, you know they got a ferocious defense that don't know how to be ferocious yet. They got guys. They don't know how to be ferocious. So when they get to the point where like another third and out, another third and out, they quit playing. And then the offense, they're not good. That's the Redskins. Patriots, they're not that great, but they're good as far as defensively. And I think they know how to make the certain plays because of experience. But they're not that good. They're not gangbusters. That's why Tom Brady's so sick. Antonio Brown got cut. He's like, damn. Like, he needed that because they don't got guys to take the top off defense. P. 
people are thinking, like, who that Josh Gordon? Josh Gordon's now a 17-yard, 20-yard pass now, man. I mean, ain't no guy that's going to be sprinting down the field. It's a big-body physical guy that's going to catch the pass on the boundary that people are not going to be able to push him out of bounds. He can keep that leverage. I don't see him as guys like Flash like he was at Cleveland. I don't think he's that guy no more. Seriously not. But, um, you know, like I said, I'm going over to the teams that lost their O's. Patriots didn't. <clears throat> Patriots didn't. The next team that we're going to talk about that was undefeated is the Chiefs. They played against the Colts. That was at a night game. I'm going to tell you what. You put a good offensive line with a hungry running back that really didn't get a whole lot of spotlight. Who's had a good career so far in the NFL? That's the thing about Marlon Mack. That's what I'm talking about. And this offensive line is so damn good. Marlon Mack is taking the he's taking the most of the opportunity of just following that line. He's like, man, I'm just gonna keep making my name. I mean, they ran the ball 40 times. They got 200 some yards rushing, and they beat the Chiefs. They played man. They rushed four, and they said, you know what? We're gonna let you sit on the sideline though. Because that's the reason why they beat them. You got a team that's sitting there going like, damn, we losing, but we can't move the ball because we're trying to do this extra uh, 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 move. And you can't do it because your your defense is sitting there just like, they don't run the ball again. Offense over there, bored. They get out there on the field, and next thing you know, it's third down. What are you going to run? And they just ran into a problem where they couldn't make a lot of first downs. I mean, Patrick Mahomes makes a play. And gets a gets that touchdown on that one throw that was crazy. But it was Marlon Mack's night. It was the defense's night too. I mean, they showed up. I mean, only 13 points were scored. One touchdown pass for Patrick Mahomes. Big goes to the coach. Jacoby Brissett being the game manager. He's not trying to be nothing more, nothing less. He man went like last week was like going like 16 for 16. That's like passes like eight yards or more. Like eight yards or less. So I mean, like, you know, he threw his first incompletion was like in the middle of the second quarter. Or I think it was like, yeah, I think it was like the third quarter. So, I mean, like, you got a guy that's a pure game manager. He's not throwing 20 yards down the field or nothing like that, like Andrew Luck. But the same guys. I mean, but it's okay. That's fine. That is A-okay. Now, next, we're going to talk about the Denver Broncos. Let's talk about a team that ain't won yet. They got to win. And who they beat? A team that I thought was going to come out there and beat the Broncos. Especially being at home. But the Chargers didn't have it. First game back for Melvin Gordon, that's not good. That's crazy. Um with that you know, that's that's crazy that you know you get a player back that's you know that, that really can feel embarrassed. He held out. He, you know, said thought he can get a trade. They granted him that, they couldn't get a trade, and I had to suck it up and come back and play football. Cause it's like, damn, I wanna play football. Damn, I gotta sit there and come back and play for them. Not that he didn't want to, it's just like the clowning, or people are going to be like, you know what I'm saying? Eckler and Justin Jackson has been doing good, too. So, I mean, it's kind of like a thing to where it's like, oh, you want to come back? Uh-huh. He got on the field? Couldn't make no plays? Um, big ups to Cortland Sutton, Joe Flacco, I mean, like, uh, Freeman and and and, and, uh, and 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 company, and the defense, too. Von Miller finally getting after it and stuff like that. And, you know, the Broncos finally get a dub. And they can finally feel good. The Broncos are not a bad team. They don't go out there and get shellacked. They're like, just like how, um, I would say, that, you know, Colin Coward tried to say the Jets were like, he's just a Sam Darnold fan. But the Broncos is what Colin Coward is saying about the Jets. I mean, like, they, they got 
talent. They got some people that can sit there and really play some football. They just got to just get the breaks. I mean, they should be one. They should be two wins. They should have two wins. I already told y'all how that happened. But they should have two wins. Keeping it moving. Oh, man. Bears, Raiders. People thought, man, London game. Um, you know, Bears going to come out there and just sit on defense and just, you know, just make make it hell for Carr. Cleo Mack playing against his old team. You know, against a guy trading them again. Can, what can happen? You know what I'm saying? Like, who going to win? And that's crazy that they didn't make, manufacture this to happen two seasons in a row. Where Khalil Mack gets to go against the Oakland Raiders, and the Raiders win, and 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 I'm gonna say this much: John Gruden, you say y'all can laugh at me, y'all can say I grandstanded on hard knocks and all that shit, but look at that, what I'm doing, I'm beating teams like the Bears defenses, you know, or just doing well. You beat the Colts, the Colts just beat the freaking they, the Colts are looking good, and the Raiders beat them. The Raiders are not looking bad, especially if they get an A.J. Green. But they did trade and get, um, they got a Zay Jones. That was a good trade. Zay Jones is a good wide receiver by the Buffalo Bills. They got him. He's going to come in there and help out their wide receiver core, um, led by Kyle Williams. Or how you say his name? Ty, Ty, Kyle Williams, K1 Williams. Good wide receiver. 6'1", 6'2", big body, can, can make plays. Um, Derek Carr getting rid of the ball quicker. He's not holding on to it. He's not trying to do a lot of running just when he needs to. The offensive line is starting to protect. Josh Jacobs is all positive. It was a good first round pick. He's working out. He's getting like three, four yards of carry. The three, I think it's like 3.2 or something like that. He's doing well. Josh Jacobs is a good pickup. He can take, he, he can really get in there. He's small. He can get small and he's shifty. He got some strength to him. I like Josh Jacobs. I like the defense. I like what the Raiders are doing. Arden Key, um, he played a good game. Hope he got hurt at the end. I hope he's doing all right. I mean, you got you got some good guys on that defense that's really starting to come together. Their secondary is not the best, but you know it's coming along. It's coming along. It's coming along. Um, Jaguars Panthers. Now I'm going to say that this this game was Christian McCaffrey's game. Um, this was Christian McCaffrey's week. It's been his month. Um, like he's gonna own October before it's over. I mean, like in one game, this man, um, he's leading the league in scrimmage yards. I mean, he's leaving, he, he's going crazy. I mean, he has the longest franchise, the franchise longest run in Panther history. He he goes for two hundred yards in one game. He goes this game. He scores three touchdowns. He can catch. He can run routes. He almost caught with one-handed. He flew in the air. He got flipped. He's funny. He's dynamic. He can outrun you. He ran an 80-yard gash. He's Christian McCaffrey. He is the right now in the talks of saying the best running back in the league. I still think Alvin Kamara or somebody like that, Zeke or Elliott, which he's not being Christian McCaffrey right now. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it all depends on the changes or just – the rankings, it moves, or you can say who's really got the skill or the talent. But Chris McCaffrey really is, he could be the best running back in the league. I mean, he's like Tyreek Cohen, but better. Like, Cohen can't run no run route. He can't run plays, like running actual up the eight gap and stuff like that and get yard. Chris McCaffrey can. But he can do the routes and stuff like Cohen can. So, he just a, 
It's just like, especially with Saquon out, I mean, like, he's the talk. I mean, like, other than that, who you got? I mean, Breida, you know what I'm saying? Like, the running back ranking is changing. Le'Veon Bell ain't really doing nothing because he can't. I got Aaron Jones making noise. I mean, there's other guys out there. Mark Ingram is doing good with, with the Ravens. Um, who else is out there that's, that's doing pretty good at running back? Leonard Fournette had a couple good games. He didn't have 100 yards. He had 100 yards against the Panthers. So, the running back is starting to change a little bit as far as who's the best, who's the top. Like, who's that guy? Um, Yeah. But Kyle Allen, <laughs> he's still poised, calm, cool, collected. He's 4-0 as a starter, 3-0 as a starter this year. Um, There's a whole lot that could be said about the coaching staff as far as, like, getting him prepared for him to come out there. But it's a lot about his moxie, too. And it's not so much where you're like, oh, he's taking Cam's job. Or Cam's horrible. Cam's not healthy. Cam's hurting. Cam can't play good football if he's hurting. He didn't play the best football when he's all the way healthy. But he's the he was a great athlete who won MVP. Who took the lead by storms with rushing touchdowns while passing. Going down the field. It's coming back. It's going to be coming back. People don't sleep on Cam Newton. But don't sleep on the Panthers who's now starting to say, hey, we didn't win three, three games with this Kyle Allen guy. That can mean something. To make Cam healthy, get him all the way right. If he comes back healthy, he comes out there and shits up the field. Put Cal Allen back in. It's that simple. Now you know you got a good backup. You know what I'm saying? But don't sit there and play this game and we're like, all right, Cam, we're going to keep on letting this ride. Because this is not a situation like, I would say, like a Dak Romo. Romo, 37 years old. Romo was one more hit away from being on a wheelchair. So, that was protecting his best interests as far as the rest of your life. I'm saying Cam Newton is banged up, but he ain't old. And, you know, he ain't no person where you be like, oh, man, you know, if you take his hit, you never know what could happen. Put him back in there immediately. Don't not take that man's spot just because this man's winning. That's all I'm going to say. Now, I can get to the meat and potatoes, what I want to talk about before the end of the show. I couldn't wait to get to this. The 49ers and the Browns. Last night. People was in there thinking that this was going to be a game, man. It's going to be like, whoo, Odell going against San Fran. He and San Fran, you know, him and uh, uh, him and uh, Goodwin, they cool and shit like that. He wanted to be in L.A. He didn't care if it was the Rams or the 49ers. He got traded to the Browns. I'm going to talk about the Browns' problems first. And their problem is their coaching problem. Not saying Kitchens is a bad coach. He might not just be a head coach. Not saying that he might not be a player's coach, but you can't be too good of a player's coach. Because then you're going to sit there and try to force and do this and make this player happy, this player happy. Did you know that Mike Evans is looking at that like, wow, man, like, I wish I, you know, if he had the mindset to be like, damn, I wish I get 11 targets, you know what I'm saying? Like, damn, God, I've been killing it. Look at Will Fuller and Hopkins. It's a new... And Julio that one year. Alvin Harper and Michael Irvin. Like, you got to hit different guys. You got to sit there and just say, hey, man, if this man open, hit him. I just think the Browns are too much trying to, like, make a play, but it's got to be either Landry Odell or Chubb. Or it's got to be by Baker running around. The offensive line ain't built like that. You got to get back, throw the ball, get rid of it quick, but you got to pound, pound, pound the ball. Nick Chubb got to be it. You got Kareem Hunt coming. 
That way you have a two-headed monster. Run the ball. Even if you want to put Odell in the backfield, run the ball. This should be a AFC. This is the AFC North team that should be sitting there lining up and running down teams' throat. And if you sit there and load the box, guess what? We got Odell Beckham and freaking Jarvis Landry and a guy named Higgins. Why are we sitting there trying to drop back and sit there and act like Baker Mayfield is John Stinking Elway or somebody like that or somebody that could just sit back and just be like, I'm going to throw it across the lot. Don't let last year fool you because nobody gave a shit about the Browns, okay? Break this down to you, okay? I'm not saying Baker's a bad player because if I'm sitting there saying that or saying, oh, the Browns, they just let Browns do what they want, then there's a whole lot of quarterbacks that would have been doing good or had 20 touchdowns as a rookie. But let's pay attention to this real quick. Their season was over. And just like for this schedule for some reason, it's not that tough. They got lucky. He got to make some plays. He threw some passes, some touchdowns, stuff like that. But they still lost games. He won some games. But there was no film. It wasn't him being a complete asshole, too. I mean, he had his little thing with Hugh Jackson, but he didn't let it spread across the league. His offseason, himself... Baker Mayfield was an asshole. Of somebody that want to be like, I'm feeling dangerous. The Daniel Jones comment. The 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 you either here or you're not on the Duke Johnson situation. Or the, you know, oh my God, it, it's just the commercials and everything like that. Which that's your money. You know what I'm saying? That's making your money. I ain't too hard pressed about the commercials. You can do your ads and stuff. College football players gonna be start doing commercial stuff. We're gonna be like, Oh, they they doing too many commercials, they can't play football. Like, come on, man. You make your money. But Baker Mayfield, you got to get better. I mean, ran a 4-8, two-time walk-on. So you're not you're not a freakish athlete. You're not Callum Murray. You're not uh, uh, Russell Wilson. You're not uh, Aaron Rodgers. You're not. You're just a guy that can drop back and, and be a leader and, and, and be a, I mean, it's so hard to sit there and say that, but... You got to be a, a a superstar game manager if you want to have that lifestyle. But you got to be the game manager first. And people sitting there saying, oh, they need to trade Odell. They need to loosen up the two-month star part. No. I think Odell be fine if they win. But how you going to win? Doing that shit. Letting them pass and putting them in the backfield and running this gadget play here and stuff like that. 49ers kept it simple. But they kept it simple in their own little gadget way. We're going we're gonna to show a little misdirection here and... Run up the middle. We're gonna we're gonna show a motion here to make it, and then run up the middle. But they ran the ball, Brita, woo! But they was able to run the ball, and they was able to sit there and make little plays, and then touchdowns started happening. Turnovers happened. Two turnovers. Oh, no problem. Three turnovers. Oh, no problem at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a lot of it. So it's like okay, when you are a player. That's high profile, like Baker Mayfield, who's in the second year. You just don't got room for error because defenses have to kill you, detach you. Nick Bosa stepped up, knew. You flag spiked the field in college. A lot of players forget about that. But the way Baker being in the NFL, it shows the flag spike. So it just made Nick Bosa see red. He knew. It was pre it was he had it marked on the calendar. So now, I'm going to break this down now. The Browns, the team, the Browns should have said, hey, which they did. Smart. We're going to build behind that momentum. We're going to have that motivation, too. Yeah, we're going to tear his ass up, too. I already know how that went down. Nick Bosa already had it 
plans as far as what we're going to do to this guy. I can't wait to get my hands on Baker Mayfield. And he had an 8 for 22 out over two interceptions and two fumbles and one loss fumble. He got hit, sacked, and he looked like trash. So, check this out. <laughs> you had this good game and everything. Everybody's like, woo, the 49ers. They're 4-0, and look at them. And woo! But who comes to try to be the face of it all, even though he wasn't? He had one interception. You know, he made, he made a play. But he had nothing to do with what, what was important. And I think, you know, for I'm glad Bosa was able to have his moment. But it was just like, it's one of those things in the NFL where it's like, it's not always about you. And I think that's been a message going to AB, but I'm putting that on Richard Sherman. Like, this is my version of Donkey of the Day. But Richard Sherman sat there at the end of the game sit there and said that we were highly motivated before the game because we went to shake hands and Baker Mayfield did not want to do so. He didn't shake our hands. He said, our hands. He didn't shake. He didn't shake our key words. That we're gonna... I want you to put down on paper. We got seven minutes left. He said that Baker Mayfield did not shake hands. He said that must be some college shit. Yeah, we go out there on the football field and, and we, we we try to battle and we go at it. And he uses words wherever like that. And I'm going to go verbatim and him sitting there saying that it's bad football etiquette to not do that. So everybody was like, damn, he didn't shake hands. No wonder why they got their ass whooped. No wonder why I look like that. Sherman lied, man. The video showed it. He shook hands. He even hugged the player. Sherman, it's not always about you, man. Point blank period. It's not always about you. You can't sit there and put yourself in the forefront of something whenever it was the team win. Nick Bosa gets the little side story. It's about Nick Bosa in that part. He terrorized Baker Mayfield. Not you. Yeah, the team was pumped up, but not because of no no handshakes. You just didn't want no college shit to be talked about. Maybe that's why you said that's college shit. I don't know. But you didn't want Nick Bosa to have that full credit. And I thought that was bullshit. Now, real quick, talk about the NBA. Preseason. Um, James Harden is tripping with the one foot, one legged shot. He ain't hit one yet. But all in all, they looking kind of all right. You know, Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook is looking good too. I mean, they they playing some teams that, you know, uh, they should be toying with. Um, I think it was one game they played against the Shanghai Sharks, and he had like a triple double in the half. I mean, like that's freaking crazy. Um, now they're playing NBA teams. I think, I think, um, I think the Seventy Sixers might have been playing against a China team. And speaking of the Seventy Sixers, Ben Simmons comes up court, and it was deep. He finally hits a three. We already talked about this at the beginning of the show. And it's just like he hits it and the crowd goes crazy and all that stuff like that. And it's like how many is he going to make during the season? How many is he going to take during the game? Is he going to pull up like that? Is he going to feel the notion come off the screen and just start pulling? I want to see what type of trigger finger he has coming this season at the three-point line. So, Ben Simmons, I'm hoping that you're going to say, hey, I'm shooting for 37 38%. That's not bad for somebody who wasn't shooting threes at all, but... I would say, if you're in the 30s, man, that's a come up. If you're in the 30s and say you shoot two threes a game, that's not bad. So, I mean, I hope that does work out for you. The Warriors didn't look all that great. 
but the Lakers did. Um, but they still look kind of dangerous. I mean, once they get some things going, I mean, like they got shooters, they got people that's going to defend, but they just don't got a seven foot guy named Kevin Durant there. They don't got Clay Thompson there, so some chemistry's off. They got to get everything going with Russell, and I think that's gonna be fine. I still don't think he's gonna be a lifer there for the Warriors. I st- I don't think that's gonna happen, but he will be there until Clay Thompson gets back. The Lakers look the bomb, and I gotta talk like Shaq. Can you dig it? Because Anthony Davis running the pick and roll is freaking Iku. He threw the freaking alley oop to JaVale McGee. The way he threw the freaking passes and stuff like that, he scored 22 points in the first half. LeBron James was smiling, 14 points, 8 assists. Uh, I like Danny Green finding his open spots. LeBron James hitting him. I was loving the fact that the bench came in there. Caruso made a good place. Daniels. Um, I like what I saw from uh, Dwight Howard, you know, running the floor and stuff like that. Rondo hitting threes. Oh, man, I can't wait for the regular season. I cannot wait for the regular season, man. The Lakers, baby. Laker Nation. I mean, looking good. The Nets are going to be playing the Lakers in a series of games over there in um, China, I want to say. Um, or was it China? Japan or China? I think it's in China, yeah. I think it's in China. Um, but speaking of China, there's they are him and the China NBA are in a little rift. Um, uh, thanks to Daryl Morey, who you know, blasphemy says a lot of things. I mean, he says James Harden's a better scorer than Michael Jordan. So why wouldn't he sit there and say something that can ruin something so good? Since Yao Ming came to this league, he had a very nice relationship with China and how the things ran with the Houston Rockets and all the stuff like that and how they've been helping the NBA, bringing in China players. We shit on Jeremy Lin. That's number one. We totally shit on him. And then Daryl Morris makes a tweet against him. But he's not even worried about that. Ain't even our business, bro. Shit. It makes Nike and it makes the NBA look like they kissing ass now. It just makes it look bad. If Daryl Morey would have shut his mouth, nothing would have happened. And now you're making people sitting there going, huh, you got to see the NBA and Nike sitting there jumping through hoops or something of a cause of da-da-da-da-da. It's not even involving us. Stupid. Now, the um, I think it was some event that the Lakers was over the NBA was doing with China. That's got cut. So hopefully that gets resolved, man, for real. I, that needs to get resolved ASAP. The XFL draft is coming up. Um, that's going to be coming up soon. Like the, the, the full player pool for in this draft is up. I think it's like 600 players. That's out. So let's go check that out. Um, any other news before I get off the air? I wanted to talk about, um, yeah, I wanted to sit there and say this on the standpoint of, uh, I saw a video of Whitney Cummings. I think she's a comedian. And she discovered that her heritage or her, you know, her dad was from West Virginia. Now, I'm from West Virginia, born and raised, Charleston, West Virginia. And it's just funny how, you you know, you have people that might find out they're from West Virginia or they know they're from West Virginia or wherever like that. And I ain't heard Nick Saban. I ain't heard Lou Holtz. I ain't heard a uh, 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 whole lot of players in sports or coaches and things like that. Bad mouth. Jennifer Gardner, actress. Uh, 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 you know, uh, so many people come from West Virginia, man. It's a lot that end up having success. Don't bad mouth here. You know, Randy Moss had a little thing going, and they're fine now. But Whitney Cummings, she get on, she goes on James Corden's show, and she just kind of embarrasses West Virginia in the sense of saying like, "I hate that I'm from there." In a the sense, she didn't say that, but the way if you go watch the clip, go watch the clip. Whitney Cummings. She did not appreciate West Virginia. I'm just going to say it every second before the end of the show. I got 10 seconds left. We don't even know you. 
I don't know you. And I I do I think I do remember seeing that stand-up poster and it was whack on Netflix. So I don't care that you don't like West Virginia. This is all straight talk show I'm at.